Long ago, in the year of 1997, a baby boy was born in a manger. The boy had black hair, rosy cheeks, ten fingers, ten toes, an arm, another arm, two legs, a bottom, a belly, and everything in between. The boy would grow up to learn to sing and dance, to run and jump, to tell stories, to joke, to laugh, and be a friend to all. The boy's name was Lucas Kirkby, best known to you as the co-host of the Potter Vision podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed all that. I don't know where I was going with it, and uh, I thought I'd find an end if I just started talking, but we had a nice little description of Lucas for a bit. Uh, I'm a fan of him, and I hope you are too. Uh, Weird way to start the podcast. (laughs) But, you know, I've done 15 takes of this now, and this is the best one. This is your weekly reminder to uh, leave us a review if you haven't done so already. I think I don't think you have, Holly, my dear friend, and you've continued to listen. Uh, we're 49 episodes in, and you've not done so yet, so don't know what's stopping you, babe. Uh, what else? Uh, we are going on tour. So many tour dates. Go to pottervision.com. Me and Lucas are recreating the first film live on stage. Is it going to be funny? Yes, it's funny. We've done it so many times before, and it's going to be amazing. So please come. Um, if you'd like to support us even further, please check out our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash pottervision where you can support us and gain exclusive access to private podcasts uh, featuring me and Lucas if the weekly dosage of pottervision isn't enough. Um, anyway, here's me yammering on. Here is episode 49. Hello friends and welcome to the Pottervision podcast, the podcast where every week myself, Lucas Kirkby and this muscular mountain of a man, Tom Lawrenson, he's lovely and uh, we look at a chapter of the Harry Potter books and use it as a, you know, springboard for conversation. This week is episode 49. We're on book three, Prisoner of Azkaban, chapter 14, Snape's Grudge. Tom, how are you? How am I? Mm. I I am how I look. I am one sweaty bitch. Oh, he is. Before you got here, Lucas, I'd been exercising. I had a shower immediately afterwards. Yeah. I'd dried off, but it was though the sweat had not finished escaping my body. Mm-hmm. I got fully clothed, yeah. underpants, trousers, mm. t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Sat in a chair opposite you, all of a sudden, floods of moisture started mm. escaping my body. Oh, yeah. What do you make to that? Oh, it's the human body. It's the way of telling you that, you know, you should have waited longer before showering, maybe. So, whipped off the joggers, threw them in the bin, put on a pair of swimming shorts. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I can see about 70% of Tom's legs as we speak. I'm trying to avoid looking at them, but it's very difficult. You might be thinking, ooh, a lot of hairs on them legs. Yes. No, no, no. Those are ants crawling all around me. That's right, listeners. Ants. (laughs) He's got a whole colony going up and down them pins. But otherwise, I am well. What day are we on? It's uh, Tuesday. Tuesday for us. Saturday, uh, my girlfriend Lucy completed a half marathon in Hebden Bridge. Well done to Lucy. Well done, well done, well done. A thousand times, well done. Yes. It's a tough feat. She did it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that meant I had a bit of time while alone while I was there because I drove her there. Yeah. And I was not allowed to accompany her on the half marathon. Weren't you? No. Ugh. Because one, I'd not been training. Yes. Two, I didn't have the right gear. Yeah. And uh, three, bad attitude. <laughs> yeah. So I took myself into the town of Hebden Bridge. Oh, lovely. Now, me hungry. Me yes. got hungry. Yes. Me started walking throughout the town. Yes. Uh, me think, where can me go? 
yes. to quench this hunger. Me see a uh, place uh, that can only be described as a rough pub. Okay, rough pub, lovely. <laughs> but the rough pub had outside the prices of their food on a wall. Ooh. Now, I don't know if you've ever done anything like this. I got charmed by the price. Oh, yes, I do. Burger. £5.50. Oh! With chips. With chips included? I thought, it's a, it's a steal. Yeah. It's a steal. Yeah, yeah. I go in, woman looks surprised. Yeah. I was like, hello, I'm hungry. Yeah. She says, what do you want? <laughs> Me say burger chips and a coffee. Yeah. Yeah? It comes to £6. Yeah. I should have known something was up when a coffee cost me 50 50p. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She goes, where you want to eat this? Yeah. And she goes, toilet? Straight on the toilet? I go, no, no, me eat outside in the sun. Yeah. She goes, I'd be embarrassed to be eating this outside myself. Yeah. I go, I'll take the chance. <laughs> Sat outside, burger comes, I take a look at it, and it's very clearly an oven, no, a frozen burger. Yes. You know, like a thin patty that you oh, get. Oh, yeah. Say if Asda went, if you went in Asda and you went, what's the cheapest burger frozen patty? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I ate it. Mm-hmm. I ate the chips, mm-hmm. and I ate more or less every sachet sauce they gave me. <laughs> yeah. And would you know, I walked away from that pub feeling unwell. You're joking. <laughs> You're telling me the £5.50 burger plus 50p coffee. <laughs> I reckon it was the coffee. 50p. Well, it was an instant one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Instant coffee. Mm. But, yeah, isn't that interesting? Oh, so I walked off feeling yeah. unwell. I walked back to where the race would be finishing and I started rolling round in the sun. Mm-hmm. No sun in the overcast. Mm. And then I was lay on my belly with um, my legs kicking in the air. Yeah. And I thought, what an unusual way to lay. Yeah. People look at me. Yeah. I must look very strange. Yes, yes. But it felt so nice. I thought, to hell with anyone else. I shall continue. Lovely. So that's me. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. How about you? For me, as you know, I've started a new job at an agency. First time hearing of it. Eh? Welcome to your old job. I quit. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, now I'm at a new job at an agency. Oh, I wish you'd run it by me first. Oh, but go on. You forget, you forget. This week, I've been at school as a teaching assistant. Mm. And uh, a lot of my classes have been the new year seven groups. Let's take some notes while you say this, but go on, go on. You take some notes, right? The Year 7 groups, right? Now, you forget how Year 7s... Now, for people overseas, this is kids who are starting high school. And Seventh this is grade, baby. Week. Yeah, maybe. Some of them, they just don't know their head from their tail. There was one kid, right? We're in a maths lesson. Yeah. They get in their exercise books. The teacher says, write your name down on the front of the book. Yeah. Write your name down on the top line. You now, wanna... what set is this? This Well, the, I think it's mixed ability. Four. Year seven. Right. They say, top line, write your name. Second line, write maths. Third line, write Mrs. Whoever. Fourth line, write the room. Right. One kid actually wrote the words, your name. No. <laughs> they did. On the front of the book. This is what we're dealing with here. Was he a thicky? Was it a boy? I cannot... Mention say that uh, I think it was a lad, but I think I think they're just bewildered by the whole new experience. Three, there were three nosebleeds. I've only been there two days. Three little kids had a nosebleed. One kid picked up his line, did they say something about the pod? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Threatened to give it four stars. <laughs> <laughs> One kid picked his PE bag up the wrong way around, and all of his clothes fell out onto the floor. Bloody hell, they need help, these kids, they need help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was there to do, to guide them, to help them. No, no, your name's not your name. Your name is Ishmael. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Call me Ish. <laughs> yeah, Mr Thicky. I wrote some interesting uh, notes while you were saying that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh... Do you know what? It's been a while since something like this has happened. And it tends to happen when we're a bit tired. Uh-huh. Tom feels a bit mischievous. And uh, he's just written a lovely message on a post-it note, which uh, I cannot repeat. Interesting chapter. Yeah. Would you... I beg you. I beg you. 
you please give us a rundown? I beg you, sir. I will, I will. Wasn't the list, oh, me and the listeners, we want it. We want a rundown. I will give it you, Tom and listeners. Chapter 14, Snape's Grudge. So they're searching the castle again. There's no sign of Sirius Black, but they're up in the measures. Sir Cadogan's been sacked. The fat lady's back in position. Neville's being punished very unfairly, in my opinion, but there's no sign of Sirius Black. Anyway, Harry Mm. agrees to go to Hogsmeade, but Mm. this time he's taking the invisibility cloak. He sneaks through the passageway and he meets up with Ron. They buy some jokes from Zonko's joke shop. And then Ron has a bit of a run-in with Draco Malfoy, Crab and Goyle. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter decides, in his invisibility cloak, to throw a bit of mud around, have a bit of fun, trip them up. (laughs) But his cloak slips and Malfoy sees his floating bonce and it gives him a bit of a fright. Bonce means head. Yes, bonce means head. He runs off. Harry tries to uh, meet after seeing the drawing Tom's drawn on the post-it now. Uh, he runs back, he gets out of the the statue of the witch with the hump and he bumps into Severus Snape, mm. who says, Draco's told me this story, I know what you were up to, turn out your pockets, what's this, it's a map. He tries to reveal it, it insults Snape, the map insults Snape. Lupin comes to the rescue, takes the map, but he says, Harry, look... Your parents died protecting you. You shouldn't be running about when Sirius Black is around. They go back to the common room. Hermione's very upset because Hagrid has lost the case and Buckbeak is going to be executed. Bastard. That was (laughs) Snape's grudge. What a chapter. What a chapter. Did you say chapter? Did you say something else? I said chapter. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a chapter, isn't it? A bit fun. <laughs> Actually, yeah. That was a bit fun. Thank you. <laughs> 48 times, listeners, I've said chapter. Day 49, I'm saying chapter. <laughs> Who knows what 50 might bring? What a chapter, like you said. Great chapter. Yeah. And let me start off this episode Ooh. by saying Circa Doggan should be burnt alive for what he has done. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, it's yeah, it's the fact that he doesn't seem to have, like, claimed any responsibility and he's let Neville receive these awful punishments, which are ridiculous. He's banned from Hogsmeade. He's got detention. He's not even allowed to know the new password, so he's not allowed in his own common room without somebody to let him in. Without supervision. <laughs> yeah. So you're not allowed around your own things. It is ridiculous. Well, Sir Cadogan has gone without punishment. They've just put him somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, great. So he can uh, hook up with Sirius Black again. Yeah. But, in all fairness, he should never have been appointed in the first place. Like, why, you know, they put him in charge. It's their... The teachers, like... They're blaming Neville. They're blaming Sir Cadogan. Take a look at yourselves, teachers. Only now are they teaching the doors to look out for Black... They're putting all these new measurements in that should have been there from the first time he broke in. Oh, Professor Flitwick's teaching the the front doors to recognise Sirius Black. They've got trolls patrolling the common room. Now they're taking it seriously. Now they're taking it seriously. Echoes of the UK's uh, reaction to this worldwide pandemic. Yes. Remember at the beginning, Boris Johnson. No, no, yeah. we won't go into lockdown. We're going to do the hokey-cokey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're not going to do the lockdown. We're going to do the Macarena. Yeah. We're going to sing Happy Birthday to our hands. Yeah. Boris Johnson, Dumbledore, you've lost it. <laughs> yeah. They've, yeah, they've taken too long to act. And now look what's happened. Ron's mm. got ripped up bed sheets. But Ron, he's been running around and he's been bragging about what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, a bit of attention from yeah. Ron. He's got a story. He's, people want to hear the one thing he's got, and he's loving it. Yeah. But he's going on and telling the story, mm-hmm. and Harry begins to think, like, he didn't kill Ron. Why? Mm. Why didn't he kill Ron? Yeah. Like, um, I think it would have been nice. <laughs> well, with all the threats Ron bandies about over these uh I think it's books. clear that Ron doesn't enjoy being alive. Yeah. He's not good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, carry on, carry on. <laughs> because he's got a not, he hasn't got a nice thing to say about absolutely anything. No, he's jealous of his brothers. Yeah, he thinks his parents don't treat him right. Yeah, he hates Hermione. He he hated his rat before it got killed. He hates Harry. He's jealous of Harry. He hates yeah. everything. Maybe Sirius should have put him out of his misery. <laughs> well, you'd think a near-death experience would give you a bit of perspective, but, well, Blumenek, his sister was nearly dead last year and he's still bloody miserable about everything. Mm. He should count his blessings. He should thank his lucky stars. He needs to be a bit sage, a bit more... Sa- he needs to be a saint, I don't know. Yeah. Now, Neville is banned from all few... I tell you what, sometimes, do you ever, do you ever write on an app or <clears throat> on a, a bit of a... Um, yeah. Some software that doesn't have autocorrect on your spelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though you know how to spell things... Yeah. You look at how you spelt it and you're like, jeez, am I an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> because you're so used to it correcting it. you like, you look at it, you why has that not been fixed? I was reading my note then, it said, Neville's been banned from Hogsmeade. Yeah. And I didn't put B-A-N-N-E-D. Yeah. Put B-A-N-D. B A N B what? B A N D. Like, oh, like band. band, like a rock band yeah. from Hogsmeade. Hey, that'd be good. Neville's in a band from Hogsmeade. Neville has been banned from Hogsmeade. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. McConaughey. Pick on pick on someone your own size. Mm. She's she's um, deflecting. Yeah. Her own like misfallings yeah. as a teacher, yeah. as a guardian to all these students at yeah. the school, yeah. onto Neville. And also, what's Neville's grandmother called? Mrs. Longbottom or something? Yeah, I think it's Augusta, but I'm not sure. A howler. Yeah. Sending a howler to Neville. Yeah. Saying he's he's brought shame to the family. No, you child abuser. <laughs> you and your brother, yeah. you're, you're bringing shame to the Longbottoms. Yeah. Not Neville being a good student. Yeah. You turning him into a nervous wreck. Yeah. Trying to... Murder him and like traumatize him, throw, throwing him out of windows and throwing him off the end of Blackpool Pier. Because yeah. all he's done is dropped a piece of paper. That's all he's done. Yeah. And to be fair, Sir Cadogan had a new password every day for this thing. So how are you going to remember it without writing it down? Mm. Of course, it's going to be lying around. But like we said last week, if he wasn't even in the castle, it wouldn't matter. But he's been let in the castle, which is the teacher's fault. I was thinking back to when, at the beginning of this book, when Neville was having the problems with yeah. password remembering. Yeah. Someone said, write them down. And I don't remember if it was someone in the book or me and you. <laughs> it might have been me and you, I don't so, know. So we might share a bit of blame there. We will look back. And if we find out that it was McGonagall who suggested for him to write it down, I'm going to go back in time and point my finger in her face and say, you made this happen! And, uh, you know, be a bit disappointed. Mm. Ron's off to Oxmead. He's convincing Harry to go. And, you know, they they know about this... because. Uh, the teachers are blocking off these entrances in passageways, aren't they? But they don't know about the one Harry knows about with the, the one-eyed witch with the hump. Mm. You've, you've got to tell them. There's been a man in your bedroom with a knife cutting up bedsheets and you're not telling the teachers about a secret passageway you know about because you want to buy some sweeties. Do you want to go to Zonko's? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry we let the murder in, but I really wanted some fake dog poo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. He has murdered 13 people with one spell, but on the other hand, fart putty. (laughs) Harry, tell them about the passageway. Fart putty is fantastic. It is. But listeners, if you get yourself some fart putty, don't take it out of the canister. No. You can have an effort getting that back in. Yeah. Yeah, and look, <laughs> listen to your teachers, wait till you've got it home. Don't be pressing that fart putty on the bus. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, Harry, just tell them about the... Tell them about the passageway. Because the safety of he everybody's at risk. He can't help himself. No. What's like the real-life equivalent of that? Why would you be scared to leave your home? Multiple break-ins. Yeah. Oh. 
I left me home because oh, I know I should have stayed home to mind my house, but I had to get a whoopee cushion. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't control myself. I needed one. Yeah, just ridiculous. Mm. So I don't know how many times we have to say this, mm-hmm. right? We've said it time and time and time and time again. Yeah. But is this whole series a like fable? about friendship about yeah. Ron and Harry being the worst friends ever yeah not only to like Hermione mm-hmm. but Hagrid to anyone yeah because they only look out for number one yeah Harry with his Quidditch he's for no reason he's not got a beef with Hermione no it's not his rat no but for some reason he's taken solidarity with Ron to never talk to her and it's been months and months and months yeah and all he cares about is Quidditch. I yeah. don't care if anyone wants to kill me. I want to play Quidditch. And Ron, I'm never talking to Hermione again because her cat ate my rat. I hope this chapter is a turning point for these two boys because they get a moral lesson from Hagrid. I've read it, it's not. In his huts, is it not? They get a moral lesson from Hagrid that say, when he says, Oh, I thought you'd be more bothered about your friends than broomsticks and rats. And then later on, they get another moral lesson from looping about, well, what we've just been talking about, buying a bloody whoopee cushion instead of keeping away from a serial killer. That was good. Good for Lupin to say that. But even they're forgetting about Hagrid. Maybe they've just worn tired of him because the first two books... Hagrid had something going on. He yeah. wanted to help. Yeah. God has sneak out at night yeah. to help get rid of Norbert. And something probably happened in the second book, I forget. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but like now, oh, they're going to kill Buckbeak, one yeah. of his fondest creatures. Yeah. I'm not asked. But they're growing older, aren't they? It's like when you're at school, you know, like when you start in year seven, year eight, you're like, hey, who are these dinner ladies? Fuck off, no. Who's, who's this librarian? What? Who, who's this? There used to be a man who worked, he was a volunteer at our school and he was called Norman the Doorman, right? And that was his nickname. And all he used to do was hold the door open for everybody at dinner and he had no other job. I think he was a volunteer from the village. He thought, hey, it's Norman the Doorman. Then you grow up and you think, I've got my own life now. Don't want to be hanging around with Norman the Doorman, the librarian, the dinner ladies. I wouldn't be surprised if in one year's time I'm sat next to Norman the Doorman at your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's more than invited. God love him. When Lucas Kirkby starts a friendship, he doesn't end it. No. It keeps it going forever. If you find yourself as lucky to be Lucas Kirkby's friend, you got a friend for life, huh? No matter how much you beg and plead, <laughs> I'm staying your friend. Day or night, rain or snow. Yeah. Um, whether you have plight, Lucas Kirkby is more than happy to take you to the airport at 6am. Yeah. Every step you take, every breath you make, every move you bake, I'll be looking at you. What a lovely sentiment. What a lovely sentiment. Now, Hermione... Yeah. She gets wind of Ron and Harry going to go to Hogsmeade. Oh, hang on. Can I, can I go back a bit? Can I rewind you for a sec? Back to Hagrid's huts. Can I tell you the truth? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this is one of my favourite costumes in all of the eight films in the Harry Potter series. And it is Hagrid's going to court costume. And in the film, he says here he has a brown suit and a yellow and orange tie. And do you remember that scene in the film where he's in the lake and he's chucking rocks annoyed? Yes. He's got this hairy jacket on, which looks like a cowboy suit with like dangly bits on it. Yes. And he's got the world's worst tie imaginable and he's combed his hair a bit. Yes. It's my favourite costume, I love it. The tie is ridiculous. And he's all dressed up. And he says he's he's booked two beds on the night bus. Yes. For him and Buckbeak. Yes. Can you imagine Hagrid fitting on the night bus plus plus a hippogriff? Imagine if they're on the first two beds and yeah. your bed's the next bed along. Imagine that. How am I going to get to that? Yeah. Also, your hippogriff just bit me. Yeah. And it bit my arm. 
Why well, is this hippogriff that is yeah. going on trial for biting yeah. a child yeah. on a bus? Yeah. I've paid two sickles for this journey. Hagrid, do me a favour, pal. <laughs> Fly it to London. Fly it to London or stick it in the sidecar of your motorbike. The other thing I don't get, right? At the end of this, we find out that Buckbeak's going to be executed, right? So this department for the removal of dangerous creatures have summoned Hagrid and Buckbeak to London. Mm. Like, right, you're in Edinburgh, but we want you to travel all the way to London for the trial. So he comes all the way to London, do the trial. Buckbeak is sentenced to death. And then Hagrid has to take Buckbeak all the way back to Edinburgh. And then they send an executioner all the way to Edinburgh to behead him. Mm. Why do they not just keep Buckbeak in London and just kill him there? <laughs> why, is, why does he get, like... Why well, move Buckbeak at all? Well, yeah, exactly. Send Hagrid by flu. <laughs> why does he have to be there to defend himself? <laughs> imagine. Imagine if you had a dangerous dog that bit someone on its face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He yeah. turned up at the courthouse with it. Yeah. I brought him. Right. He's, <laughs> he's got to plead his case. <laughs> Can we bring the dog up to the stand, please? He's begging. <laughs> Yeah, bloody hell, you wouldn't bring, like, a lion to the bloody case, would you, if it'd bitten somebody's head off? Good point. You wouldn't bring a lion to the case if it'd bitten someone's head off. (laughs) (laughs) We agree, listeners, we agree. Now, Ron and Harry... Yeah. They're going to Hogsmeade. Hermione has caught wind of their plan. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous, yes. Can we... Is there any reason... Can we be on Harry and Ron's side at all? No, I don't think so. Because they didn't go Hogsmeade the first two years. Yeah. What's the difference? Because they only buy fucking stink bombs. Oh, I know. And, and to be fair, they've already been a few times. It's not like Harry's never been. He's been going on the regular. But Hermione says, I'll report that map to McGonagall if you go to Hogsmeade. Yeah. Yeah? Guys, that's so reasonable. Yeah. You can keep the map if you stay. Yeah. And you could send someone else to Hogsmeade. Yeah. Or Ron could go alone. Yeah. Harry does not need to be there. Because as well, what kind of experience is going to Hogsmeade if you're in the invisibility cloak? Like, yes, you're seeing it all, but you can't take it in. Mm. You can't enjoy the experience if you're constantly dodging people and hiding under a cloak. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've always wanted to go to, like, uh, to see the, the Pyramids of Giza. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Egypt. But if I was doing all that under a cloak, dodging Egyptians... I'd feel more comfortable under a cloak. Would you? Yeah. Fair enough, fair Because no one can, like, get me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd be do- jumping in between people. Yeah, yeah. Sidling against walls. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But Hermione's, like, threat is completely reasonable. Like, Ron... After understanding how isolated Hermione has been from, like, reports from Hagrid, because Hagrid lays in thick saying yeah. how awful it's been, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, or, like, because he's been spending so much time with her. And then Ron's reaction to her threat oh, is yeah. instead of, like, having a shred of sympathy, he starts screaming at her. Yeah. Ron's lucky I'm not at that school. Yeah. Because if I was, my age now, or my age, because <laughs> Yeah. Of a lad in year nine. I'd kick seven shades of shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he deserves it, actually. Especially after he's just had that heart-to-heart with Hagrid. Where he's like, value your friends. And then suddenly he's batting her head off. Yeah, back to it. If it wasn't for her, his sister would be dead. Yeah. If it wasn't for her discoveries in the library last year. Forgotten that. It's gone. Forgotten that. It's gone. Yeah. Forgotten about the fact that she got him out of Devil's Snare in year one as well. Them two, like... If you ever have, if you've been through something like that with someone, yeah, anything comes up in future, you just hold your tongue and just yeah. think. Don't matter these little arguments and disagreements we yeah. have. Yeah, but that's the thing about being a child. You take it for granted, don't yeah. you? Yeah, it's like when you go on holiday as a kid, you don't realize how fortunate you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just normal to you. Yeah. Now Ron is in near death experiences every year. It's just normal to him. <laughs> it's just everyday stuff, isn't it? He's become, uh, what do you call it, desensitised to these situations. Desensitised? He now feels indestructible. Yes, he does. He's dodged death. Yeah. Two times. Once first year. Yeah. 
Jamie Secrets, nothing happened to him, did it? But once again, just now with Sirius Black over his bed with a dagger. Yeah. He's dodged death and he's like, all right, I'm indestructible. Yeah. Harry, let's go to Hogsmeade. I want a party. He's, he's on another planet. <laughs> Off he goes to Hogsmeade. Harry is about to get behind the witch's hump and Neville yeah. turns up. Right, and he goes, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. And Harry's like, ooh, I was just going up to uh, the library to do this. Hey, can I come with you? Oh, well, actually, I've just finished that. Hey, we can play Exploding Snap. Right, this is my advice to anybody who doesn't want to do something. You just have to say, I don't want to do that. And you'll be fine. Like, if ever you're invited to a night out or a party or going to do something and you don't want to do it, just turn around and say, I don't want to go to the party. I don't want to go on a night out. Because otherwise, if you make up these excuses, people will always find a way around them. Lovely. Can we, can we run through that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucas, um, it's my son's christening. Oh, yeah. I'd love it if you could be there. Oh, um, sorry. I, I don't think I'm free that day. I think I've no, got... you a... said, I don't want to. That's oh. your excuse. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like the one trying to wheedle me around it. Lucas, my, uh, it's my son's christening. I'd love it if you could be there. I don't want to come to your son's christening. Sorry? I don't want to. But I don't we, like but you. We, <laughs> what are you saying? I is, don't like your son. Is this a joke? We've been performing Potter Vision together now for yeah. five years. Yeah. We've got this podcast. Yeah. Um, my son... He idolises you. He's 15. <laughs> <laughs> It'd mean a lot to us if you could be there. I don't want to. I'm afraid I don't want to do the podcast with you anymore. Why not? Because you don't want to come to my son's christening. Oh, ass! <laughs> I don't mean things like son's christenings. I just mean like, you know... Oh, random. <laughs> Random piss ups or whatever. I don't know if you meant I'm an arse or the whole situation is an arse. <laughs> arse. It's just a, an expletive, an exclamation arse. of frustration. Of Find the them. Okay, then. Lucas, yeah. uh, me and the lads, we're going for a big piss up in town. We're going to uh, get pretty angry and we're going to smack some people about. Want to come? No, I don't want to do that. Why not? Oh, just not my cup of tea, that. Getting pissed, slapping people around. If you don't come. I'll report you to the police. <laughs> For what? It doesn't matter what, I'll make something up. Hey! Oh, all right then, I'll come. <laughs> Listeners, when I gave you this piece of advice, it, you know, use this with normal people. <laughs> Not maniacs like Tom, who'll threaten to call the police or make up that he's got a son. Listeners, if you've invited somewhere somewhere, someone somewhere, and they're uh, a bit hesitant to come, use any means necessary to get them to come. Yeah. I feel like you go out of your way to disagree with me, because your advice the other week was just leave somewhere. If you've had enough of something, just go home without saying anything. <laughs> Remember? But, Lucas, you <laughs> must... We are the two... That, uh, that thing to the two men stood next to each other. Yeah. One of them always agrees and the other one always disagrees. That's true. Do you know what I'm on about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. one, one of us, there's a door behind us. Yeah. Okay. One's the right path, one's certain death. And you've got to ask us one question. Oh, yeah, yeah, the riddle from the <laughs> labyrinth. Yeah, and yeah. other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you ask us? Oh, yeah. And then you say, what will the other door say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll say, I've got a son, it's his christening. <laughs> He's 15. I'll say, well, that's Tom, it, that door? Correct. And what's behind the door? Who knows? The christening. What's behind the door? I don't know. I've never seen Labyrinth. No, it must be on my door. No. It wouldn't be death. No. It would be a post-it with something naughty written on it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A naughty word and a naughty picture together. Now, so... Ron is at Hogsmeade the normal way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry escapes on his own. Yeah. He says in the book, Harry prods Ron in the back. Yeah. What do you reckon he prods him in the back with? Oh, erect penis. 
come on. That's what you were getting me to say. <laughs> that is not where I was going. Wasn't it? No. All right, his wand. No, his finger, he just pokes him, doesn't he? <laughs> pokes him with a finger. Speaking about that, what made me... L- <laughs> I had a retrospective laugh about last week's episode, right? We were on about uh, Malfoy, Crabbe and Goyle... Mm. Uh, pretending to be dementors, mm. right? Flying about in cloaks, but of course they would have to be on broomsticks. Yeah, right. Imagine that outline. You think they're three dementors, but each of them has surfing. A, well, has a big light stick, oh. <laughs> poking the cloak out a bit. Do you know what I mean? It looked a bit suspicious. I think. Don't know what you mean. Only dementors. Don't get it. Hey, number one place to take Harry in Hogsmeade. It's the post office. (laughs) Five stars on TripAdvisor. Come and have a look. There's stamps, there's letters, there's sad employees. Even reading about the owl post office, you're like, where the fuck's he brought him here? It's like, look, those are the local owls for local deliveries. Right. What a system, eh? We have small owls for local deliveries and we have big owls for faraway deliveries. That's not how it should work. It should be small owls for small packages and large owls for large packages. They've got the system. No, 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 no. Multiple owls for large packages. (laughs) But this is what they say. They have great greys and then they've got tiny scops owls for local deliveries only. Right, so you're telling me that tiny owl is taking a 40-inch TV half a mile away, is it? you got to have a big owl for a big package, that's all I'm saying. Listeners, you got to have a big owl for a big package. <laughs> that's a Potter vision, promise. <laughs> <laughs> right, Zonko's joke shop, right. He's trying to keep hidden, Harry, right, but he's whispering to Ron, get me this, get me this. And then passing the gold under the cloak. Yeah. Guys, settle the finances back at Hogwarts. Like, <laughs> you don't need to be passing all this money. You're trying to be hidden. And he's Working there passing out, knots right, over. Then. Pass me my change, pass me my change. There, you've kept a knots. I haven't. <laughs> you back. That was a sickle I gave you. <laughs> beating each other up on the floor. <laughs> Just beating up an empty space. Mm. <laughs> Our blonde bimbo is back, and he is on top form. He starts off with a spot-on impression of Hagrid. He's expanded his repertoire. Excellent. He can do Harry. He can do the Dementors. And now, his new impersonation, Hagrid! His dad also does Hagrid. Oh, yeah. That'd be a good double act for Britain's Got Talent. So that means, at home, him and his dad are both doing impressions of Hagrid. Yeah. Isn't that great? God help his mother. You've taught him that! We should get Lucius and Draco on the pod. Yeah. (laughs) Both doing Hagrid. All four of us doing Hagrid. That'd be good. Because that's all we ever do. It's all we ever do, listeners. There's the occasional McGonagall... Little hint of Dumbledore, but it's mainly Hagrid impressions. We love to do them. <laughs> but yeah, spot an impression of Hagrid. Um, Malfoy's turn. Oh, and he calls him a great hairy moron as well. I love that little <laughs> See, I've missed that bit. He calls him a great hairy moron. And I love how Draco never keels to Ron's bullying, right? Mm. Ron can threaten to punch and kill, and he lunges for Malfoy constantly. Yeah. All he wants, right? But Draco is always ready with his little digs. Yeah. His little comments. Yeah. Well, I don't think Draco Malfoy has ever initiated the violence. Never. It's never, always never, never, Ron never, never, or never. Harry. So they're there having a bit of banter back and forth. You know, Harry thinks, oh, I'm going to get a bit of mud. He slings the mud <laughs> at Malfoy, right? You think, right, whatever. That's how it is. Then he throws mud at Crabbe and Goyle. Then he's picking up sticks. He's throwing sticks at them. Smacking him in the back. Then he's tripping them up. He's, he's beating these people up within an inch of their life. 
God, next minute he's going to be murdering them. Taking it too far. He's strangling them now. He's strangling them. Oh! What's he doing? Oh, he shot him in the kneecaps. Please, he can't breathe. Oh, it's only a bit of fun. He'd stop the piss out of your dad. You've murdered him. If we rewind, if we rewind... Draco, the, the Shrieking Shack, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Draco bumps into Ron there, and Draco yeah. says, I bet you're admiring it, I bet you'd love to live here. Yeah. Considering your house was is so small. Yeah. You'd have your own room to yourself. I heard that all you and your family share the same room. Is yeah. That, is that correct? That is all he said. Yeah. That is all he said. <laughs> now, he's got Harry kneeling on his arms with a blanket over his face, waterboarding him. <laughs> <laughs> throwing mud at him, throwing sticks at him. All Malfoy's mentioned is Ron's house. And five minutes later, he's got like a crooked spine and foot and mouth. <laughs> but do we know that Ron, it's ne- Ron has never confirmed whether or not to Draco... Yes. ...whether he shares a room with his parents and his brothers and sister? Yeah. So we don't know. That's that's what Draco heard. Yeah. He heard that you share a bedroom with your whole family. Is it true? Yeah. And now... And now he swallowed mud. (laughs) It It is quite ridiculous. Imagine psychopaths, the pair of them, absolute psychopaths, because Harry's... Beating the living shit yeah. out of Draco, Crab and Goyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Ron is giggling. Yeah. <laughs> he could barely stand up for laughing at this carnage, this violence. The line that made me laugh, they're going on about Crab and Goyle, mm. and uh, it says, their bulging muscles were no use against ghosts. <laughs> Can I just say... They're treated like idiots in this book. They're described as idiots, but they must have a fantastic fitness regime to be so muscly. You don't get muscles without exercise. No. So unless these boys are doing chin-ups, press-ups, weights, all these routines, it's just... It's it's either going to be fat... Yeah. ...or they are doing those routines. Yeah. They're not just lumps, are they? They are, you know, your, prime specimens. Your, your bulging muscles are useless. What? <laughs> <laughs> Their bulging muscles were no use against ghosts. Mm. It isn't a ghost. It's Harry in a cloak. But absolutely disproportionate punishment for Malfoy asking if they all share one room. Yeah. Muck at the back of the head. Yeah. Harry, you're on a rampage. What yeah. are you doing? He thinks his head gets revealed... Malfoy thinks, bloody hell, what's that? Runs back to Hogwarts and Harry thinks, shit. Harry's on the run as well. He is. He's sprinting back. (laughs) Before he gets back, Hmm? he thinks, oh, I could never take my cloak into the castle. No. And stashes it somewhere. Yeah. Right? Put it back on, numbnuts. Put it back on, walk to your dormitory. Yeah. And get in bed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I've been ill, Professor Snape, I've been ill. Instead... One of the most valuable possessions on planet Earth. Yeah. He kicks to the side. Yeah. That's like robbing the crown jewels and then leaving it in the tunnel. Because yeah. you don't want to be caught with them. It's like robbing the crown jewels and leaving it in the tunnel, listeners. <laughs> listeners, it's like robbing the crown jewels and leaving it in the tunnel. <laughs> that's what we say. That's, that's what we always say. That's what it's like. <laughs> it comes out of the witch's hump. Snape's there, he yeah. takes him back to his office. And he's yeah. confronted with his, with his actions, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Harry is confronted with, you know, his actions. Yes. He's been spotted. Yeah. Caught red-handed. Yeah. His immediate response? Lie. 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 Gaslight. Accuse. Yeah. yeah. Make it, it seem like Draco's insane. It's his default position. Tell a porky. Have you ever lied to, uh, you know, acted innocent when you did something wrong? Tried to get away with something? Um, just every waking hour. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you something naughty I did when I was about uh, do it ten. Do you all the time? Y- yeah, you do. <laughs> do. You know what? He lies to me because he doesn't want to disappoint me, I think. <laughs> and uh, I'll say, uh, have you messaged these people? And he'll go, yes, yes. No, 
prime example today. Yeah. You reply. You messaged me going, "Has that person got back to you yet?" And I said, "Not yet." <laughs> but the piece of information I left out was, I "Haven't messaged them yet." <laughs> He twists things and then he tells me I'm not lying to you. He hasn't got back to me yet. But he hasn't messaged him. Is, has he been messaged now? Yes, I think. Yeah. Can I believe a word you say? Yes. I didn't see it get sent. Mm. <clears throat> Tell you what I did once. I, uh, I must have been about 10 or something and the people in my drama group, the older ones, were having a meeting about something. And uh, I thought, I'll be very nice. I'll offer to make everybody a cup of tea. This sounds delicious. A cup of tea by a boy who doesn't drink tea. Exactly. He knows the recipe. (laughs) Bag, water, milk, optional sugar. Optional milk. Milk's optional. So I go, right, does anyone want a cup of tea? How many sugars? How many sugars? And one of them goes, "Uh, can I have a peppermint tea, please? Right. Which might sound like a reasonable, you know, request. But as a ten-year-old boy, I didn't like the tone. Right. So so what I did was I made all the teas. I made the peppermint tea. And instead of sugar, I put... Well, you wouldn't put sugar in a peppermint tea, but I put salt in the peppermint tea. Fucking hell. I know. Just like a little prank. Yeah. And uh, when they drank it, it was like... I uh, acted innocent and pretended that I thought it was sugar. When in reality, I knew damn well it was salt. And what happened to that person? Died. <laughs> what a prankster. They died of salt. What a prankster. What a prank. What, what a guess. Yeah. Snape says an excellent line in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, everyone from the Ministry of Magic downwards has been trying to keep Harry Potter safe. Harry Potter is a law unto himself. He's right. <laughs> has he has he spoken an untruth? Nope. Snape in this scene. I think this is my favourite Snape scene so far in the three books. He's absolutely in his element. He has Harry by the short and curlies, and he's loving it. Why are you doing it? That's a phrase that people use. Having somebody by the short and curlies. I've never heard that in my life. Well, it exists. I'm not being rude. Let me tell you something. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Harry is being scolded. Yeah. For, um, you know, breaking into Hogsmeade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to Hogsmeade. Yeah. And he's not being scolded for beating the crap out of three students. Yeah, what about that? That's funny. Do you think Malfoy's mentioned that or do you think he's just too embarrassed? Well, he's, I think he says to... Um, he spoke about the mud, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So he must have mentioned the other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, they've got everything all mixed up. Harry, uh, a student's told us that you tried to murder them <laughs> in the village. What were you doing in the village? <laughs> what about the murder? I'm not bothered about the murder attempt. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Sounds like Draco Malfoy needs a stint at Mungo's. Sorry? <laughs> he does essentially say that. He claim, oh, he must have been having hallucinations. Yeah. Bloody hell. Well, funny. <laughs> Snape is brilliant in this. He pulls out the Marauder's map and he goes, what's this, Potter? And Harry goes, spare bit of parchment. And he goes, oh, well, you won't mind me throwing it in the bin then. No. Oh, so it is important to you then. He's loving it. He's in his elements. I've, I've very much enjoyed Snape in this chapter. I must I, must I did as well. Yeah. I really did as well. Um, he says to Harry, he goes, um, he goes, you're just like your father. Yeah. The way he strutted about. Yeah. And Harry goes, my father didn't strut. Yeah. How the hell do you know? Yeah. You've got no idea whether he father struck or not. He could be walking up and down that great hall like Mick Jagger for all you know. <laughs> like, there's no wrong with strutting. No. Me and you strut everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Strutters. I'm strutting right now, ladies We're and gentlemen. A pair of strutty little sluts. <laughs> do, do. The sluts strut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, but this, oh, my carpet. A, <laughs> this was a big moment for me. 
Snape is having a go about Harry's dad and Harry loses it. Shut up. Shut up, Snape. Don't you talk about my dad like that. Yeah. And uh, I love that. He's standing up to Snape. He's being a bit rude, but Snape loves it. Snape is like, yes, this is what I I think sometimes, well, I do that sometimes. I don't do this. That's mad to do this. But sometimes, you know, you have a joke with people and you try and rile them a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a bit of a jokey argument. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Bit of fun, innit? This is exactly what Snape's been uh, looking for. But it's funny. So the way that Snape is described in this. So he goes, shut up, he says to Snape. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says... Snape's sallow skin had gone the colour of sour milk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Why can't she just write, Snape looked upset? <laughs> Why has she got her ad? Snape got uglier by the second. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Snape was still unattractive, even after the things Harry said. Why has she got to add those things? Oh, it's the poetry of it, isn't it? Literature. His uneven, yellowish teeth were bared. His long nostrils quivering. Sorry, what? <laughs> Why you got to say them things? A long nostril quiver. I want to see that. Mm. Mm. He taps the map. Oh, yeah. Reveal me your secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the map starts hurling abuse at him. Mm-hmm. The four messes you know, start giving him... Or, take it in turns to say yeah, something yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking a while, because this has got... the. Each letter's being written out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that takes what? So that's got to be like, I don't know, a minute and a half of abuse. Yeah. Right. What an odd bunch of boys these messes were, putting all that time and effort yeah. into bullying Snape. I know. Well, they're like, they've like jinxed the thing, haven't they? What made me laugh was, because at the time that they made the map, they were same age as Harry, probably. Teenagers at school, right? Mm. And, you know, they're, they're making childish remarks about Snape. You smell, you're an ugly git, whatever. The audio book by Stephen Fry, did you hear his impressions of them? Yeah. They sound like Victorian undertakers or something, <laughs> or like, you know, like something from Charles Dickens. They didn't, wasn't Wormtail like, um, is he Welsh or something? Wormtail was Welsh, <laughs> randomly. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Like, I'm imagining, like, Fred and George type characters, you know, Mr. Padfoot would like to register his astonishment that an idiot like that would ever become Professor. I was expecting something like that. But Stephen Fry's like, Mr. Wormtail bids Professor Snape good day and advise him to wash his hair, the slime ball. That was um, Wormtail, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Why is it suddenly bloody uh, Uriah Heap from David Copperfield? Snape needs to wash his hair. What's that? Is that Welsh? <laughs> Mr. Prongs agrees with Mr. Mooney and would like to add that Professor Snape is an ugly git. Very unprofessional of Lupin, yeah. um, lying to his colleagues. Yes. Snape must be aware that Lupin is Mooney. Yeah, I feel like they were lying to... Just so Harry didn't know. I feel like they already knew. Because Snape said, Snape hints at the manufacturers. Straight from the manufacturers. <laughs> Snape said, stink lines peering off him. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like they were protecting Harry there. Well, not protecting him, but... Yeah. Used to hate that. You know, as a kid, when uh, your parents would have, like, a conversation about somebody, but they'd use code because you weren't allowed to know the Never gossip. Never happened in my house. they just say the name. Wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, my mum and dad used... Say you a big fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that woman. Say you a bastard. Oh, oh, oh that's no good. <laughs> See, my mum and dad would always use codes or they'd stop talking about it. What, like? Well, I don't know if somebody had annoyed somebody at work or if something was happening. They wouldn't tell me. Because scared of you ringing them up. It's me, Lucas. They've been talking again. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening, like you said. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. They're planning a robbery. <laughs> they still won't talk. They still won't talk. <laughs> but yeah, Lupin has this conversation with Harry and he gets to him, doesn't he? Hagrid's tried. Snape's tried. Lupin succeeded. Harry, your parents died trying to save your sorry hide. Mm. The least you can do is, you know, try and keep safe rather than risking your life for a bag of jokes. God, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? I loved it. No, but I agree. Like, because the weight of what's been going on to Harry has not hit him at all, has it? 
Yeah. And it takes yeah. Lupin to get... I think talk reasonably at him, because yeah. maybe it's the teacher he respects. I suppose he would have listened if Dumbledore said it to him. Yeah. I feel like he's got... A, you know, he develops a really good relationship with Lupin. Because he's year. not adding any stank to it, is he? No. He's not adding any stank. Snape's adding stank. Yeah, a lot of stank. And that's why I can't listen to him. Yeah, McGonagall would add stank, and that's why she can't listen. Hermione, stanky. Stanky bitch. No, 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 not eh? bitch. Oh, sorry. Stanky kid. Stanky kid, stanky kid. So, speaking of Hermione, they go back to the common room. Hermione's upset, and it's because Hagrid has lost the case, and Buckbeak is going to be executed. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to find Hagrid... Right now, and stop him from going on a massive bender. <laughs> because he's in London right now. His bird is about to be beheaded. <laughs> he's going on a mad one tonight, I know it. I'd go on a mad one if my bird was about to be beheaded. Because <laughs> what was he like when he thought he was going to be sacked? He's <laughs> putting his head into the trough. Right. How many, how many, how many cans of fart putty out of five are you giving this chapter? Oh, I'm tempted to give five just because I like fart putty. (laughs) I like this chapter, you know. Uh, It's a bit mental. Uh, I like, I think this is Snape's finest hour so far. I love that scene with Snape, his glee at catching Harry and him being in trouble. Uh, it was good. Good cliffhanger with Buckbeak. Uh, a bit of fun with Mud and Malfoy. Mm. I'm going to give this a very solid four cans of fat putty out of five because I'm going to keep the other one for myself. Oh, excellent. Now with me, this chapter got me very passionate because I couldn't believe how awful the boys were treating anyone who wasn't them. Mm. Do they even enjoy each other's company? I asked myself. Or are they just two miserable little gits who flock together? (sighs) But a lot of entertaining things happened. Yes. That invisible fight, Snape had some... Fine bits of dialogue in this chapter. Mm. And for that reason, I'm going to give this chapter three cans of fart putty out of five. Mucho gusto. <gasps> quiz, quizity, quiz, quizzy, quiz, 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 What? Edit that out. The prize is my undying respect. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Question one: What was Buckbeak eating in Hagrid's shack? Uh, Ferrets. Yes. Question two: What did Harry open of the One-Eyed Witch? The hump. Yes. Question three. What kind of teacup did they buy? Uh, a nose-biting teacup. Question four. Who did nearly headless Nick say lived in the Shrieking Shack? Oh, uh... Oh, uh, come back to me on that one. Question, question five. What did Lupin want a word with Harry about? Uh, the Marauder's Map. He says it's in... What does he say in front of Snape? Oh, in front of Snape, he says about the vampire homework. Correct. Question four. Who did Nearly and Headless Nick say lived in the Shrieking Shack? Ooh, I didn't think it was anyone specific, so I'll just say uh, all manner of horrible ghosts. No. A rough crowd. Ah! No respect for you. <laughs> Continues, listeners. <laughs> Quiz, 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 Hull, Peterborough, Birmingham, uh, Manchester, Liverpool, London, Brighton, Telford. I've definitely forgotten somewhere. 
Uh, we're having more dates added all the time. Pottervision.com, we would love to see you there. And please say hello if you do come and see us. If you want bonus content as well, we've got our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Pottervision. And you can find loads of extra episodes, merchandise, and a online version of our 2019 live show. Also, just get in touch, pottervisioncomedy at gmail.com or on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Pottervision. Next week, my goodness, it's our golden jubilee. Our 50th episode. Episode 50, chapter 15 of The Prisoner of Azkaban. Ho, ho, ho. I hope you've missed Quidditch, because it's the bloody final. The Quidditch final. You have been none other than the son of the father of Tom Lawrenson. And you have worn the skin of Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Potter Vision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. You can contact us through our website, pottervision.com. And if you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision.